all you cool cats and kittens. Welcome Ooh. to what? <laughs> Back to the Tiger King era. Um, <clears throat> welcome to Weather Picture, a movie podcast where we go through the sight and sound greatest films of all time critics poll week by week and discuss what makes a great film great. Welcome to 2024. Woohoo! Woohoo! I guess this is probably our second or third podcast of 2024. I don't really pay yeah. attention to the schedule, but... Yeah, this is our first podcast that we are recording in 2024, however. There it is. So yes. now we as the recorder and you as the listener are in the same year. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, Very cool. So, hi, I'm Hannah. I'm Brian. And Brian, what are we talking about today? We are talking about a delightful little film called L'Atalante today. Is a 1934 film from Jean Vigo, and I'm excited to get into this. Um, um, so let me let me ask: When you hear La Delante, what do you think of? The Atlantic. Is that what? Did Atlantic? I think of something else? It just it's a funny collection of mouth sounds, and I didn't it know. <laughs> La Delante. Yeah. I didn't know like what is that what it is the Atlantic in I French I think yeah I would think because it's the name of the boat right so it's the name yeah. of the boat but like I did not know at all what it meant so I was just like that's a lot of L's and T's that's fun okay well this was <laughs> going to be a more fun exercise if you were in a more creative mood but it's fine oh. um, it could be like la talente so it could be talent could be the base of I it I guess it's yeah. more of like what weird consumer good would have this brand name oh hmm. like maybe a breath mint oh yeah i would yeah i would definitely eat that breath mint i think it's more because it's got a lot of ahs in it so like it Ooh, implies uh, that someone's being yeah. breathed on or bath is breathing bomb, on you la talante bath bomb okay all right I'd maybe like a like a in that for a good half hour like a like an alcohol with a little bit of a chili kick oh that's going in a different direction, but I like it. I maybe think of the uh, How I Met Your Mother, the tequila or spicy <laughs> habanero tequila with a hint of lime. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, anyway, I've got a minor gripe before we get into this. So Criterion has a collection of, uh, well, no, I forget what they call them. They're... Uh, um, they like group a bunch of movies together on the Criterion channel and they have a cat. They might be called collections. I'm just getting confused because it's also called the Criterion Collection for their physical media. Anyway, they're, they have a collection this month for cat movies and Meow. this movie is not included. And I'm Ridiculous. so surprised because it is on the Criterion channel. They could have just thrown it in, but they did not. What are so. some of the what are some of the cat movies? Inside Lewin Davis is on there. Uh great experimental uh horror movie called House is on there from Japan. Um shoot, there were others that they added a couple like sort of horror-ish B movies, like the cat from outer space, I think is one, but I'm just going off the top of my head here. Don't have it pulled up in front of it me. Is is cats on there? Cats is not on there. The, what? The uh, the they, literal movie called Cats is not on Cat Month. No, because they. I mean, I guess they couldn't get the rights 
too expensive for them. Yeah. Okay. I guess. So anyway, Weird. Uh, let's get into a plot summary. Okay. So Jean and Juliet are newlyweds who depart from their wedding on Latalante, the boat that Jean captains. Juliet takes to life aboard a boat well, becoming friends with Père Jules, a scruffy sailor who also works on La Talente. This makes Jean jealous, and he flies into a plate-smashing rage. Later, Jean and Juliet prepare a night out, but are unable to leave the boat unattended when Jules and the cabin boy leave instead to get their fortunes told. This upsets Juliet. Later, Jean and Juliet dine in, out in Paris and a local street magician flirts and dances with Juliet leading to a confrontation with Jean. Jean and Juliet return to the barge but Juliet uh, sneaks out to explore Paris. When Jean discovers her missing he casts off leaving her behind. Jean regrets this decision almost immediately and becomes depressed. Jules convinces or manages to convince Jean's superiors not to fire him and sets out to find Juliet. Jules returns Juliet to the barge where Jean and Juliet are happily reunited. Um, I did something very, very uh, funny during that plot summary, Hannah. I'm wondering if mm -hmm. you caught it. I missed uh, it. So <laughs> I was sorry. So, I was doing the soft J's Juliet. for all of the name. And then I accidentally did it for jealous too. <laughs> jealous. jealous. This makes Jean jealous. That's fair. What a French movie, you know? So, yeah, you know, that's just how they say they're J's, you know? Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different way of doing things. But anyway, what did you think of this movie? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A good time. It was a little good slow. Took me, took me a bit to get into it. I think the <laughs> thing that really got me to, like, pay attention was, like, why are all these cats here? Yeah, um, <laughs> like the cats are very fun. Yeah, yeah, and there's just a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> but then it makes like all of these stray kittens that just like like live on the ship. Uh, yeah, with Père Jules sort of like takes them in in his room, and they like, like live in how... his record player. Apparently, Michael Simon, the actor who plays Père Jules, he adopted one of the kittens. That's nice. It's amazing. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And how could yeah. you not fall in love? I mean, I don't know. So yeah, I liked it too. It um it was surprisingly sort of like light and fun, which not is is sort of unique on, on this list. It was not necessarily what I was expecting going into it being like, oh, this is one of the great French films of it just sort of is like a good time, I felt like. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Lots of lots of vibes, you know, pretty uh easy to follow. Um couple of interesting themes but yeah i just enjoyed it being sort of like a a light touch doesn't get like super dark at, at any point and just yeah nice little nice little film um this director jean vigo this is the first film i've seen from him he only directed really i think this and then there's another before it that 
could be considered a feature. I think it's about 45 minutes long. Um, and his career was cut short. Tragically, he died from tuberculosis shortly after this was released. So he's sort of thought of as like one of the sort of in the, you know, Keats mold of a, a great artist who could have had a fantastic career, but it was sort of cut short tragically by an untimely death. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, you can see from this film like a lot of filmmaking skill that it would be great to have another, you know, 10 Jean Vigo movies, but unfortunately we do not. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. This film was also not particularly well received at the time. Um, it got short, sort of chopped to bits and he wasn't really able to fight for it because he was busy dying from tuberculosis. So yeah, it wasn't, it got released in like a 60 minute version, but then has become sort of after the war, it got somewhat of a re-release all of the French new wave filmmakers and critics at Cahiers du Cinema really loved it and so it's gotten released more to Vigo's original vision uh the version we have today and has been sort of loved and a, a mainstay on this sight and sound list for uh for decades had been higher on the sight and sound I think it was in the top 10 as recently as 2012 but now is in the uh the 20s on the lesp so but yeah it's interesting i mean yeah yeah i don't really get why it's ranked so high mm -hmm. i don't know i mean yeah <laughs> i think a lot of it is i mean i i like the film quite a bit yeah these these lists can get i mean with citizen kane and vertigo like they're a consensus builds around some of these things and the 2022 list sort of upset the consensus in a lot of ways hmm. um and i think there is a, a lot of love for this film still and i liked it quite a bit but i agreed with like a it doesn't necessarily seem to fit with some of the others that have been chosen for the list or it's not immediately apparent like why it would be chosen, but because it's an older movie has been around for a while and is part of the like quote unquote canon of great movies. I right. It feels yeah. like you have to honor the greats that inspired yeah. the graders maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's fine. And like, it's beautiful, you know, creating interesting shots in a cramped boat you've got like the happy ending i i mean yeah yeah it's fine um mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah i don't have much to say about it i mean let's get I, into some of the sure. well go ahead go ahead no you're you fine want. i was okay. gonna say i i it was an interesting movie it felt very elementary and maybe it's just mm -hmm. my sophisticated taste um mm -hmm. except it's not that but yeah. yeah it's fine it's good it's yeah. and it is pretty early in uh 1933 so the first sound picture is like 1927 and it really isn't until the 30s that we start like directors really start figuring out sound so 
M would be a prominent example of a really early one that's like well ahead of its time. That's 1931. But this is still like very early formative years of sound pictures. So directors are figuring out how to do it well. So it is very much a, a formative thing and and before a lot of, you know, so it, it being simple, you know, makes sense to some degree. The film movement here that that sort of belong, it's not necessarily a movement, but it's a poetic realist movie. Um, the other one that we've seen that falls into that category is the rules of the game, the Jean Renoir, uh, mm, film like from, uh, 39. Yes. Mm -hmm. I like that one quite a bit too. So he's one of the, uh, Renoir is one of the prominent, uh, poetic realist directors of the thirties is sort of a pre-war French movement here. So a little different from, it's, it's a little more, it's, it's splitting the difference between like the Italians do very realist things, non-professional actors and try to like portray life as it is. The Germans are over on the opposite end of things doing their like expressionism thing with like heightened stuff and all of these, you know, fancy inner titles and special effects and things. And so this French movement is somewhat splitting the difference, but in a very like beautiful way, portraying the lives of outsiders. And there's certainly some things in this film that are a little bit heightened where you get that. It's sort of like a, a wistful or like the seeing the one you love in the water stuff is definitely mm, yeah. like oh that's that feels like a, a hallmark of the poetic realism thing that it's going for the other mm -hmm. thing that stood out in, in terms of being sort of a hallmark of this type of film would be when jean and juliette are sleeping in separate beds and there's some sort of like light effect where there are like dots on them yeah. um so i'm guessing they like used a sheet and poked a bunch of holes in it or something I couldn't exactly tell how they did it but it's like they're they're united in their longing despite being in separate beds and so there's something a little bit like beyond realist but not so extreme as like the expressionism stuff that we saw in like sunrise for example right yes it's it feels like relatable it doesn't feel so far off that it's exaggerated, but not like in a un understandable, understandable, yeah. under understandable. Mm -hmm. There we go. Um, I wanted to add a, uh, some L's in there because of the title of the movie. Uh, understandable, talante -able. Um <laughs> <laughs> Just try to insert that wherever you can. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, back to the outlatalante line, I... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think the poetic realism does, it just keeps you in a heightened state. Like, I found myself very anxious. Like, are these two going to make it back together? Also, I, there's a little bit of a continuity confusion. I'm not going to call it a mm -hmm. continuity error. But like, where's the boat? How is she where the boat's going to dock? Didn't they leave? Didn't they leave again? Did, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But the it it you kind of watched them both 
realize they made a mistake at the same time without a lot of dialogue. Like I thought this was well acted. I thought the mood of the film was well expressed where the drama was there, but it wasn't so obviously heightened that it was like comical. It felt very, um, yeah, you just experienced the longing alongside them, Mm -hmm. um, which was, which was nice. Yeah. It, it's sort of, I think the biggest comp for me would be Beau Travai in terms of what we've done in the movies in terms of like mostly you're just like with the characters and seeing them. The plot is relatively simple and straightforward, mostly shown instead of told, not a lot of exposition. Um, And it's more focused on like mood um, and uh, atmosphere than Mm -hmm. perhaps the the mechanisms and it's a little hard to tell for the first like half hour it's hard to tell where the movie is going there's not like a conflict that's clearly set up that needs to be resolved by the end of the movie we really get that in the last portion of the movie once Mm -hmm. uh juliet leaves um let's talk about some of these characters um Juliet first. What did you think of Juliet? I thought she was really funny. I liked her a lot. I mean, she was like, you know, a small village girl who married someone from not her town, which we learned at the beginning is kind of um, unheard of. Like, I, you know, this this traveling sailor whisks her off her feet and she's ready to go explore the world like she is living in a romance novel or thinks she is Mm -hmm. um and you kind of see her come to the grips with the reality like her life is going to be kind of boring um but she also doesn't like become a victim in a way that you might expect Mm -hmm. her to um yeah she feels very like she's not this like waifish mouse you know Mm -hmm. she does the laundry and she makes her own skirts and she like has a little bit more of a um, strong position than you might expect her to, which I really liked about her. Um, You could tell that like her getting swept off her feet by this foreign sailor and by foreign, I mean, he's also French, but not from her town. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of, I kind of saw her as like a, 1920s type go-getter where like she saw marriage like she did she did love him but she also saw marriage as a means of adventure not a means of survival or an expectation um Mm -hmm. and so she just wanted to like run off with her love and i thought that was really sweet um so i i don't know i i liked this movie or her character especially in this movie to see Mm -hmm. just a little bit more of like a strong female within marriage um, mm-hmm. is not something you saw a lot, especially this early, you know, like it was either she was this, the uh, person under full command of her husband, or she was a decided uh, single person, you know, and for her to, yeah. Um, yeah, just be, have, have some autonomy within her marital structure mm-hmm. um was nice 
totally and to have this romantic arc within the marriage of like they're not getting married at the end of the movie they're married at the beginning of the movie but then they have mm -hmm. this whole romantic arc after that i think is is neat i yeah. also really liked that like she gets upset and but it's always reasonable like she's a really well-written character where she's not like causing this conflict here. John is, is almost entirely to blame for some of this right. stuff. And, but she's not like, uh, complaining about being on this boat. Like you could see this going wrong. I think most people, <laughs> if they were put in this circumstance of like being on a river barge, having never lived that life would respond less well than she does. Right. So I like that she's her and she has this friendship with Pear Jules, which is really fun where, you know, uh, you wouldn't necessarily expect that she just sort of like goes for it and like you said is is pretty adventurous and uh fun and quite likable so i like her character quite a bit um absolutely as well uh jean i'm not sure exactly what to think of um hey. yeah he's and and part of it is that Pierre Jules gets most of the like character traits and and interesting stuff, and so he's given a little bit less screen time than you might think for a romantic lead. Probably less mm -hmm. than Juliet. Definitely less than Pierre Jules. Right. Um, there are some interesting themes, and I th I think his character is fine. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Didn't yeah. really stand out to me as being anything particularly interesting other than being like the locus for some of the themes of the movie. Yeah. I mean, I think he like it was nice to see his growth, but he mm -hmm. clearly was just a person who um had an expectation that was a little bit unreasonable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, just, and his jealousy drives a lot of the conflict in the movie. Unreasonable jealousy. Yeah, and so, like, that's just kind of boring to me. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. I <laughs> just, I, like, I okay, yeah. cool, you're an immature person. Great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Like, I, I mean, obviously there is story in that, but I don't really care about... They could have developed him more. But he was just this like stagnant being. He was the obstacle in a lot of ways. And so like you wanted good for him because you wanted good for Juliet. Like it was kind of yeah. like in Sunrise. Like if yeah. Juliet wants him, she deserves what she wants. And he, mm -hmm. you know, is there too. I Because you did, just didn't really get to see a lot of opportunity for growth for him. Like you got him to acknowledge that he was wrong. Yeah. But I don't know if he resolved that he was just wrong in that situation or if he, like, needed to take a look at himself and get it right. Yeah. yeah because he kind of was a little whiny baby. And I don't I don't like to, like, handle whiny babies. Definitely I I, true. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there are some early scenes where you can see what Juliet sees in him a little bit more, where they're palling around and being newlyweds, where it's like, okay, like, he's... He's somewhat of a decent person he just needs to like cool it on the the jealousy <laughs> right 
Um, so yeah. And what did you think of Pear Jules? Um, I really liked his character. I think he was, he was a, he was a person who like, um, he thought he was really interesting and he was really proud of the life he lived, but he was just kind of weird. Um, and kind of yeah. awkward and was maybe stuck on a boat with too many cats for too long <laughs> and just like didn't I don't know he just wanted someone to like share his stories with like I don't think he necessarily had a romantic attraction to Juliet um me neither no. I, and I don't think he needed that I just think he wanted to connect with somebody in friendship um but also was just like a little rough around the edges in a way that made that hard. But when you saw like the way he um when he was showing her all of his treasures and all of the things he was like so proud to have collected and um yeah just got like so shut down <laughs> by um by Jean. Yeah. Yeah, I just broke my heart a little bit. Like he just wanted you know, he even said, like, nobody really comes in my room. Like, he was so vulnerable in that moment. Um, I just wanted to, like, give him a hug. The part where she's, like, <laughs> when Jean walks in on Juliet, who's, like, combing Père Jules' hair. Um, yeah. And then he just runs off and shaves his head. Like, I think it was definitely him being like, look, I'm not wanting her physical affection. Like, I just want a friend. Yeah. Let me just shave my head. So, like, there's no question about, like, I don't need her to touch me. That's not what this is about. Um, yeah. Yeah. That scene between sweet old man. Pere Jules and Juliet was the standout of the, the movie to me. Just their sweet friendship and her being interested in him and how enthusiastically he responds and wants to show off his stuff and his tattoos yeah. and all of that. Yeah, just really sweet. I love, too, that he is very much like a... I mean, he's the first build, and Michael Simon is is sort of the most well-known actor um, in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um but he's very like he's a side character he's you know not super involved in the primary conflict of the movie he's just there for like mood and atmosphere and to be a human being around sort of the fringes of of what's happening here and i really like that idea of just like you have someone just sort of hanging around and commenting on the the primary conflict of the movie and helping out he is, mm -hmm. takes a helping role in in a lot of this but it's just sort of like a a good person who helps them figure out their stuff yeah um, so that's neat uh yeah michael simon is is great um i've seen him in a couple of other things and yeah he always turns in a good performance um so always a, a good presence to have around um yeah so we had a brief discussion about this hannah um when juliet leaves so mm -hmm. uh jean basically drags her back to the barge after their night out because he thinks this dude is flirting with her and 
and she sneaks out because she like wants to see Paris. There's a question of like, did she take her stuff with her? Like, how justified is Jean in leaving? Like, did he think she was gone for good? Or so I actually went back and rewatched, and she just takes her purse and a dress. So she doesn't take like any baggage or anything uh, with her. Yeah. Um, but then he does he searches a little bit and sees that like some clothing is missing, I guess the dress that she went to wear. And then there's a little conversation between Jean and Pere Jules about Pears. Like Pere Jules is like, how long is she going to be gone? And he's like, could be an hour, could be a day. I don't know. Uh, let's set off now sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I think he is almost entirely unjustified in leaving. I don't think, there's any reason to believe that she would be gone for good. I think probably what he's thinking is that she snuck off so she could be back with this like weird street magician dude, which is not yeah. the case. <laughs> I mean, he's um, doing a total dick move. Like he, yeah. yeah. Even if she packed her bag. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, okay. So he's like a, <laughs> Okay, sorry. It is his responsibility as her husband. This isn't like a women are property thing. I think it is someone's responsibility as a spouse, but particularly as a husband in the 1920s. He is responsible for her financial stability. He is responsible for her physical health. It is his job to take care of her. He could go find her and break up with her and tell him he's leaving. Mm -hmm. Like he could, he could. That's fine. But for him to run off when he is the sole source of her livelihood because of his hurt little baby feelings, mm -mm, I'm not, no. Yeah. Like there and is, he has there, all of her stuff, too. He has all of her stuff. He has all of her money. Um, mm -hmm. the, well, the, yeah. the thing is, so she, I think, is initially going to go meet them at, like, their next stop, but then her purse gets stolen. And so then she has to, like, go and find a job. And so it ends up being quite a bit longer than, like, oh, let me just go to the next stop and find them. Still, like, you're taking all of her stuff. She was only planning on being gone probably for a couple of hours. And so yeah. you're putting her into a really unsafe situation doing that. Yeah. I'm not about it. No. So. He's a poop face. And he regrets it. I wish well, you yeah. got an apology from him at the end. Maybe Seriously. we're meant to uh, see his regret and assume an apology, but those things should be explicit. Yeah. No, I'm not about it. I, I Anybody got time for this? Yeah. So, um, and poor Juliet. So she does get a job. And then I think eventually it's not super shown how she manages to reach, but I think she knows like where they're going and reaches the city. And then Pere Jules like sets out into the city to find her. And hears a familiar song that had been playing earlier and is able to locate her in a store that way and takes her back and they get uh, reunited here at the end. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, <sighs> yeah. yeah, we love a romantic ending. I mean, I guess. Again, <laughs> I don't care about a romantic ending for Jean, but if Jean is what she wants, then whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I think I think there's hope for the two of them. He needs an attitude adjustment and to get better at apologizing um, and to be less jealous. But I think those crazy kids could figure it out. Uh, I guess. Okay, I've got a couple of miscellaneous things here. So were there fog machines in the 1930s? I meant to look this up before we recorded, but there were some scenes. I mean, they could have made dry ice. Seemed like, oh, dry ice. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, there were some like foggy. They're walking through like foggy things. I was like wondering how they, uh, how they did that. So, sort of neat. I also so this movie features an accordion, and I have a running list on Letterbox of great movies with accordions in them they're surprisingly quite a lot is that um, your theory that like no movie with an accordion in it has ever been bad is sort of my running theory that's my theory about gary oldman yeah oh. no movie with gary oldman has ever been bad hmm. or there's no movie that gary oldman's presence hasn't made better because harry potter 3 was trash but he was phenomenal hmm yeah I think so I yeah, this, I think that's yeah. very yeah. His his uh, presence makes a movie better for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I stand by it. So, I love it. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Anytime there's an accordion in the movie, the movie's usually sort of like grungy and gritty and going for something that I'm gonna dig. You know. Totally. Um. But yeah. Um. The French sense of humor in these 30s movies also really stands out to me. So it's this like bickering sort of thing that they're talking back and forth. And just the way it sounds in French is really fun. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's Latalante here. Do you have Latalante. any final thoughts about this movie? Nah, I think it's just another movie where like men are trash, but also some men aren't trash and maybe mm -hmm. men are trash. But like desire connection, but don't know mm -hmm. how to ask for connection. So they yeah. pick up weird hobbies like collecting music boxes. Yeah. But then also their feelings are so sensitive, but they don't know how to experience their feelings. So they like leave their wives mm -hmm. on to go on a hissy fit. And yeah. then regret it because they married up and need to get over themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Men are trash, this for me, except for so... you, babe. <laughs> so Sunrise, I was struggling with because the actions that the man takes in terms of like he cheats on his wife and then is planning to drown her like that. That's harder to come back from than this is like hissy fit and not great but then he does he does suffer for it in the movie so it didn't like bother me like the movie knows that his behavior is wrong and he he suffers for it in the last act of he's facing the consequences of his actions so uh, though I wish there was some sort of apology it didn't bother me quite as much of like the movie knows that this is wrong um and and wants you to sympathize more with Juliet ultimately. Um so I I thought it was uh I thought it was fine from that that perspective, but 
I I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just don't have time for this mess, you know? Yeah. 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 No? Um, it's time for our 2001 a Space Odyssey fact. So okay. I was really hoping so <laughs> there's oh uh um Haywood um is having this conversation with the Russians and is clearly lying to them about what's happening on the moon. Um and so there's a couple sentences of Russian that are not translated. Um, and I was really hoping for something fun like, oh, yeah, he just lied to us or yeah, like, yeah, that was complete nonsense or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Russian translation is, oh, they must be having a very hard time. Apparently, yes, they must. So they don't realize that he's lying. So that's that was a bummer. Uh, when I looked up the translation, but that's my fact, is that's what the Russians are saying at the end of that conversation. It's a really good fact, babe. Thank you. I always come up with really good facts. My so. baby with the phone. I'm not not running out at all. Not I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna all. make it to 99 facts. I think you are. Yeah, we're over halfway there. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I think you can do it. I think so too. Um, do you think anyone, yourself included, would realize if I started rep doing the same facts that I did in episode like 13 or whatever? Um, I might not. <laughs> I love you, but I might not. <laughs> but, yeah, um... I, I doubt anyone would. But uh, for my own honor, I will I will make unique 2001 A Space Odyssey facts because I will know. You'll know. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. You should subscribe to this podcast. You should rate oh, us five yeah. stars and oh, no less. Yeah. You should follow me where I can be found, which is primarily Letterboxd and Blue Sky these days. I'm quite friendly and I love to uh, talk movies with folks. Um, and Hannah, where can you be found this week? Oh, I can be found um let's see mm, you know no i already did that one the box in a box in a box in a box and oh there. you did i did that one okay what if you so, like take a trip down a river barge like will you be at the next destination no because i'm i'm a salmon and i swim upstream so you just uh, have to keep going upstream Ooh. just difficult. move your body upstream and you will find me mm. yeah it's not for the weak bodied Okay. <laughs> or you Sounds could like good. Yeah. Anyway. So next week we've got another sort of unique episode. We are straying once again from the sight and sound list to talk about Oscar nominations. So they are going to be coming out next Tuesday, and then we will have a podcast on Wednesday. Diving Get ready for some opinions. What happened? Yeah, I guess this whole podcast is already opinions, but you know, that's true. Whatever. Hopefully, mostly positive opinions. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Um, love you, babies, and we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, go watch some movies. Absolutely. And then also rate the podcast. Yeah. And then tweet the tweet nice things to Brian. Yes, all of those things. Okay. Absolutely. Love you, All bye. Right. Love you, bye.